This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. It didn't take me long to realize that the best thing about being a dad is that you get your own holiday. Father's Day, in which people are obligated to get you presents. Shopping for the perfect Father's Day gift can be tough, but ManCrates.com makes it really easy. ManCrates builds awesome gifts for guys. They take stuff guys love, like sports, survival gear, even machetes, and packs them into a wooden crate and ships it right to your door. Go to ManCrates.com stew to check out all their crates and give your dad an unforgettable gift this Father's Day. ManCrates.com Slash stew. Thank you. Right? Mm. Oh I mean, my gosh. Could you say that any better than that? Oh. I don't think you could. I don't think you so could. So forceful and so true. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven back. During yesterday's press briefing, of course, uh, there was a sudden evacuation of the of the briefing room, and apparently they had a, a bomb threat. That's what's being reported. Here's uh, here's what happened. Senior level officials uh, at the um, at each of these agencies. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> the this is the least it. dramatic, like, if it was a real threat, look at the way these people are exiting <laughs> the room. Like, all right, crap, let me put my sweater on. Oh, man. I know, and one of them actually takes the Lord's name in vain. No, it's not Jesus who's evacuating the room. <laughs> no. It's you guys. I can tell you, okay. Josh Ernest, definitely not. Not, uh, not, any, <laughs> not Jesus. anywhere close to a savior of any, no. of any sort. No, indeed. <laughs> uh, then the media were uh, pretty confused over the details of the whole thing and, and started asking questions about the actual evacuation. Before we go on, who covered up the cameras in this room? Because the cameras were covered up or pointed down. I mean, these are cameras that are owned by news organizations. I'm just wondering, we were all escorted out, so it wasn't anybody with our news organizations, but somebody cut off our ability to see what was going on in this room by turning the cameras down. Who did that and why? Uh, I was also evacuated alongside you, John, so I, don't, I, I was not in the room. Because these cameras, again, are, are owned by the news organization. I understand. And, uh-huh. and, and somebody has gone, every single one of them, even the ones outside, uh, were, were tampered with so that we wouldn't be able to see what was going on. Okay. Josh, was President Obama or his family in right. impacted or evacuated? Uh, they were not. This is the only room in the, in the White House complex that was uh, evacuated. So you were evacuated as well, though. So it wasn't exclusively this room. Who beyond this room or how far outside of this room did the evacuation go into it? Peter, when I said that I was evacuated, uh, I left the room at the same time that all of you did. So you stayed in the room. So it was safe to be in the room adjacent to here, physically not. I was not in the room adjacent to here, Peter. I went back into my office. So let's just do this one at a time. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. 
Really? I, John I, Carl's on to, he's thinking something sinister is happening there. I mean, I watched uh, as it was happening yesterday <laughs> afternoon, and it was, like, they did cover them. I didn't think anything. They covered them and pointed them to the ground. Yeah. Why? I mean, the, uh, Why? the only thing I could think of is if there were some threat or something, they could be, you know, theoretically waiting, you know, like, if there were, if they did think there was a potential threat. Yeah. then you're getting, you're letting essentially eyeballs of whoever was doing the thing that was wrong, you're letting them see what's going on inside the building, which is something you wouldn't want in a situation in which you were, like, trying to disarm a bomb or whatever. You wouldn't want mm. the person who planted the bomb to be able mm. to watch. Mm. And they were just showing it on live television. It mm. wasn't like, it, all the stations were just streaming it live. Peculiar. So you're giving essentially a live window into the room that was threatened, in theory. Peculiar. I mean, I, I find I, it peculiar. Well, you weren't the only one. And the other thing is, do they even have the right to do that? I mean, uh, you know, right. it's not and their camera. Carl, as you mentioned several times there, uh, these are cameras owned by news networks. Okay? Mm -hmm. Not you. Don't touch our stuff. Yeah, well, Don't touch our stuff. <laughs> well, as I already said, I was evacuated just like you. Uh, yeah, and certainly you can't find the answer to these questions. It's too difficult <laughs> to go ask somebody, hey, who pointed the cameras down? Well, he wasn't there. John Carl wants to know who pointed the cameras down. I mean, could you not find that out in 10 seconds? Mm -hmm. 30 at the most? Bill. It yeah. was Bill. <laughs> Bill, the secret servant. Uh, Bill, Bill pointed him down. He wanted to do it because, you know, you might have a window into what's going on in here. I, how tough is that answer if that's what it is? national security. Next question. Yeah. Uh, it's not a tough answer, uh, for, especially for these lion sacks of crap. Uh, here's another. Here's um, another set. Another round of evacuation uh, questions. There were many. The room was evacuated. Was the lower press room adjacent to us evacuated? So yes, it is part. Is considered part of the uh, the press area uh, that the White House press operates. So the staff that works there came into my office while the room was swept. Was any staff outside of this room, the adjacent room, evacuated? Was any senior staff or any other staff within the White House? Evacuated? No, it's, it's uh, it is not. Uh, it's my understanding that no one else was affected by this particular. Learning that the evacuation, so the just, call came let's in. Just one at a time, okay? The call came in at 1:53, Josh. According to the Secret Service, the evacuation took place as you witnessed with us at 2:14. So more than 20 minutes passed in that time. Is there any reason for any concern in that delay before the evacuation took place? <laughs> no, yeah, we were hoping you all be killed. This is a decision that was made by Secret Service based on information that they had received. Uh, I don't know how long it was. Uh, it took for that information to be transferred transmitted to the Secret Service and for the decision to be made to evacuate the room. But again, uh, the evacuation was, uh, uh, was conducted to protect the safety of, uh, of all of us. They could have been dead 20 minutes from the time they got the threat to the time they evacuated. 20 minutes? Yeah. It just didn't seem like it was a real... It doesn't. Like no, there's something real. weird about this. But I mean, what? I don't know. I, mean, I, can't I don't even know. Think, I can't even think of a bad conspiracy theory as to why they would let all the reporters go in the room and then make them leave if they didn't believe it was a threat. Like, maybe, oh, we, wait, we forgot the secret documents on the floor. Evacuate them, then we'll remove them, and then we'll, we'll let them back in. But don't forget to point the cameras down. <laughs> because we don't want to see that. Remove the secret documents and left on the floor. Yeah, so, like, I, don't, I don't think I don't, know. I don't see I don't know what the deal is. Like but... I might not just be creative enough. Maybe there is something, but I, I don't. I don't know what what would be the use. Yeah, like uh, you, they. It would be one thing if they banned people from the room for six months. Mm -hmm. They let the reporters into the room. So whatever they were, it was in the room and they were supposedly hiding. They, you know, I, I, don't, I don't even see what the. I don't know what the path to. 
to, I mean... Conspiracy? Yeah, I think the I, idea is that they're secretive and they don't want anything to happen. I mean, that's probably what the reporters think. They never let them see anything and they screwed with their equipment and they're pissed off about it, which I kind of understand. But I, I don't know, you know, what's, what's the motivation of the Secret Service to... You know. I, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. It's really Barack weird, Obama was having it. He had that room set to have an affair with um, a and every other room in the White House. There's like 114 of them <laughs> was used. Was used. Yeah. There was a lot of meetings. So they're like, uh, all right, let's evacuate uh, the press corps and then I'll do something. He's in here. Having an affair with Beyonce. They uh-huh. need a place to have sex. Let's do it in the press room. But point the cameras down. <laughs> don't so forget don't to point see. those cameras down and cover them. <laughs> like, I don't know. What is uh, it? Here, but I don't know. But the, con- the questions continue. Hmm. President doing at the time, even if he wasn't impacted, what was he physically doing while we were evacuated? Uh, I'm not sure jumping exactly jacks. what he was doing. He was here he was at the White House, but I'm jacks. not sure where he was. Mm-hmm. Do you know if he was in the Oval Office at the time? Uh, I don't know exactly where he was. He was here on the White House grounds. Frankly, Josh doesn't care where the bombs are. That's my understanding. Yes. serious enough to move us all the way over to the executive office building, why would the president not be moved out of the White House? That's a good question, man. I can't. Uh, th- these are obviously decisions uh, that are made by the Secret Service. Great they did that in the interest of keeping us safe. Uh, but mm-hmm. I suspect that part of the reason for uh, moving you to the South Court Auditorium was because that was a place where you could be inside and uh, be in the air conditioning. Uh, but that's what uh, mm-hmm. that's what they're trying to do is make sure that they could quickly clear the room, which they did, uh, and allow us to all uh, come back here and go about our business. President was never in any danger. As far as we know. Certainly not that I'm aware. Of. Uh, the air conditioning uh, answer would have placated me. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that's a good point. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, I don't yeah. want to stand I want the All air. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm okay matter with matter that. Matter of fact, thank you. <laughs> matter of fact, I like you guys again. Uh, all right, and then the f- finally, a reporter just confronts him kind of on this and says it doesn't add up. We went outside. You say it was to keep us cool, but I don't think it was. We were out there. You were in your office. They, we went to Pebble Beach first, and then they moved us further down into the next building on the campus and moved us even further back. It wasn't for coolness. It was because of a fear. So my question is, with the proximity to everyone and everything here, the seat of power just feet away, and they were not moved, but we had to be pushed all the way back. I'm trying. There's something not jiving and not mixing. It just seems odd. Well, April, for the questions that you have uh, about uh, decisions that were made by the Secret Service, then I'd encourage you to contact the Secret Service oh, and they can maybe get you a more specific answer to your question than I'm able to. Service to break into a briefing, which they don't, if they had to think about it coming in, because I watched them, they had to think about stopping the briefing because of the severity and no one was moved. It's just, it doesn't sound mm-hmm. right. I'm sorry. It's interesting. I mean, a couple things. They're they're definitely yeah, yeah. Uh, thinking something was going on. Yeah. Number one, it could potentially be maybe the threat came in that someone was there posing as a reporter. Um, so they removed the reporters that were the, the danger in the situation and they pushed them away. That doesn't explain mm-hmm. the cameras, though. Mm-hmm. But the part that I find interesting about this and you're, you might be thinking, why the hell are you guys playing so many clips of this? What I find fascinating about this is look at the tenacity. When they are affected, look at how good they are at their job. They're all over this guy. Every detail they have, they have thought of and are critical of. But when it comes to the health care program, they They don't don't ask any of these questions, with the exception of John Carl. When it comes to the immigration thing, they don't ask anything. When it comes to the way they're handling ISIS, none of this tenacity exists. It's when they get evacuated to a room they don't want to be in, that's when they're all fired up. (laughs) It's unbelievable. It's like, in theory, what we've seen here is a, a 
a potential threat, and there was another building where there was another threat called in. They think it may have been the same person who called in the threat. And it's like, okay, well, uh, you know, they've evacuated you. They put you in a room, you know, where it's air-conditioned. You know, is there something that doesn't add up? Yeah, maybe it's interesting. Uh, but, I mean, why is this piquing your interest? Because it's you. It's because you had to go and walk across the White House grounds for 15 minutes. God forbid you're all panicked about it. And all of a sudden you all remember what you learned in journalism school. And <laughs> you turned yourself off for six years. And you allowed this guy to go and change, the, fundamentally transform America. But God forbid you be evacuated to the other side of the White House. I, it's unfreaking believable And it, it happens is. every time when, in the, when they don't care about... What ISIS is doing until they start executing reporters. Mm -hmm. They don't care about, uh, they don't care about, um, the lies that are being told by the White House until it's lies, uh, about, uh, um, you know, uh, when they're manipulating reporters. They don't care about, uh, the, the nature of the way they're using their power until they're using their power in the sedition against reporters. Against reporters. Mm -hmm. It happens all the time. And it's, it's the one mistake you can't make as a Democrat. Uh, Hillary Clinton has found this out. She's not answering questions. And wow, are they all pissed off about it? Right. Hillary Clinton could freaking pass. Like, she should just be, new, the new Constitution is communism. Go! And they'd be like, well, this is a very interesting proposal from Hillary Clinton. And I think she's in the main step. She's in step with the mainstream. They wouldn't even question it. <laughs> but it's like, oh, God forbid she doesn't answer your freaking questions for six days. Oh, panic, panic, panic. Yeah. It's infuriating. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it, it's an interesting phenomenon, and and uh, I, I, it's fun. It, it's fun <laughs> it to have fun. them do their job for a few minutes, even if it is about them. Yeah. It's kind of, and and you're right. It does show that they can do the job. Mm -hmm. It's they not, just usually don't. Yeah, it's not. Uh, they're not all bumbling idiots. They no. just don't apply themselves because yeah. they want the things. That he's lying about. They want them to happen. They want the immigration platform. They want mm -hmm. the health care thing. They want all that stuff mm -hmm. to occur. So they just don't give a crap until they're affected. Yeah. They had no interest in this guy's background, in the Marxist in his past, in his, in his Marxist ideology, in, in, uh, in his... They've got no interest in his records from college when they did with George W. Bush for some reason. They got no interest in any of that. Why did you put us down the hall when the president was still in the room? Why the, the president was still in the building? Why did we have to go outside the building and then clear down there and, and stay in an air-conditioned place? Is that doesn't seem like it's about our comfort. That seems like it's about our safety. And so now they're all of a sudden uh, skeptical. <laughs> that, that is really something it's else. It's great to see. It's really something else. Mm -hmm. Uh, somebody else who had to deal with these guys who are not normally uh, skeptics was Robert Gibbs who uh, used to be in the Josh Ernest position, position and, and now he's a, he's a big higher-up at uh, McDonald's. He was just named Global Chief Communications Officer at McDonald's, as we uh, talked about on radio a little while ago. Uh, in a statement, McDonald's says, uh, Robert and Sylvia, I don't know who Sylvia is, are both highly respected, talented leaders who will bring a wealth of experience and outside perspective to McDonald's as we build a more modern, progressive burger company. That's a really telling statement. Mm. Returning excitement to our business proposition and brand is foundational to our turnaround plan. And Robert and Sylvia, with their respective teams, will play critical roles in bringing this strategy uh, to life. So, uh, Robert Gibbs, bringing uh, progressivism to Burger King. That's, that's great. No, to McDonald's. That's, I mean, to, yeah, to McDonald's, right. Yeah. To, to McDonald's. It's going to make me Actually, go to Burger King more. <laughs> but, yes, <laughs> Burger King, Wendy's. 
obviously Chick-fil-A. Mm -hmm. um, I look, I, I don't like McDonald's anyway. I think their food sucks. I've always disliked it. Except yeah, when I was a little kid. Yeah, I fully disagree with this oh part of your gosh. analysis. Do you really? I do. I, I love McDonald's. I could. Apparently, Glenn does too, because he talks about how every once in a while you just have to have. Yeah, There's never been McDonald's. a time when I have go. to have anything at McDonald's. Oh, see, I'm. I'm not ever been a time. I don't think their French fries are that good. What? I mean, they're they're these thin little French fries that aren't. I mean, they're nothing special about anything on that menu. I used to. I mean, when I you know obviously I eat like a weirdo at this point, but like when I used to eat like normal people, I would go all the time to McDonald's. I liked it. A lot. I will say that I still freaking love the breakfast, though. I can't, I mean, yeah, the I breakfast. I really don't like their breakfast. Oh, those the biscuits, the the McRiddles, the, egg McMuffin. The I think it's the worst breakfast sandwich in all of fast food. Them. Really? Yeah, I, I do. I do quite enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy myself well, some. Most, uh, well, some obviously, I'm in the minority because it, it does do pretty well. well. Yeah, it does do pretty well. <laughs> it's done well. <laughs> but they don't have the croissant. The croissant which no, which, uh, Burger King croissant is it's pretty good. Darn good. Darn good. I get the sense from Burger King that they just. Like, the thing I like about McDonald's over a lot of the other fast food restaurants for breakfast is it, it seems like throwaway time for at most of the other places. It does. It's like, all right, oh, God, somebody showed up for one of these sandwiches? We got to make this thing? What the? All right, fine, throw it out. It's like you get up. Sometimes I go to Burger King, and it's like, because there's a Burger King and McDonald's near my house that are right near each other. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I pull into McDonald's. And they, as I've talked about before, they're very efficient. Like you can – sometimes I don't even have to slow down. I just pull through at like 50, and I still get my food and pay. I don't know, even know how it happens. The guy happens. just throws it the <laughs> They're very efficient. And there's usually a long line there. There's a double – one of those double drive throughs Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a pretty good line there. Uh, and I sometimes I pull up and I'll wait through it, and it usually goes fast. But when I'm running a little late or whatever, I look at it and I'm like, yes, okay, probably too long. But I know I can always go next door to Burger King, and there will be no one in line because there's never anyone in line at the Burger King. Never. Wow, that's and, really and strange. It's it always is. open. And, like, and look, their food, like, their hash browns are really good. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the, croissant, the croissant thing is good. Their biscuits aren't as good as, as McDonald's, in my opinion. But, you know, generally speaking, you can get some – I can I get load up on Burger King. I can, mm -hmm. I can, I can do a good job. McDonald's does have there. it down, though. you got the dual drive-through yeah, order just, window, and yeah. you got the dual window pay, then the mm -hmm. pickup. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they keep you moving. They guys. keep they keep you moving, man. And, you know, they, they do. do a good job. I usually almost I almost never have a problem with my order. And I'm always ordering something weird that's not on the actual menu. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I still love McDonald's. You know, until they start making food that I don't like, I will probably go there. But it's like, it's not a good sign. This is not a good no, development. It's, not. it's you, not. You're hiring Robert Gibbs, likely. <clears throat> not necessarily. Maybe you want to be a progressive company. Maybe, maybe there's some progressive ideology hidden in McDonald's or something. I, that could be it. My belief, though, is that they realize they're getting hit by progressives. Minimum wage. Fat lawsuits. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what, you know, ingredients in your food. Uh, you know, whatever the current controversy of the day that's targeting McDonald's. And now you have a guy who has a friend in every level of government that can come in there and take care of those little problems for you. You pay him a couple million dollars a year and a lot of them go away. Instead of them protesting outside of McDonald's, they're protesting outside of Chick-fil-A or Burger King or Dunkin' Donuts or something else. It's exactly what's happening. And that's just, it's, it's a just pathetic, what's, what's pathetic system. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, you just buy your way out of these issues. Yeah, that's and probably Sylvia's, what you're doing. Sylvia's got to be pissed. I mean, that, she's the EVP, mm -hmm. the Global Chief Marketing Officer, so she's the one that's going to be doing all the work. I mean, we found out years oh, ago yeah. Robert Gibbs is an expert at zero. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's doing nothing. That's right. <laughs> he, he, he said all the time, I'm not an expert in that. And he also is <laughs> yeah. not going to be doing any of the work. 
He's gonna. He's the figurehead. He'll do interviews about you know yeah. here and there about McDonald's. Yeah, he need, will walk in and do. Sylvia. He will lobby for them. You know, but I mean, Sylvia is the one that's freaking. She, <laughs> yeah. She's the one getting the proposals and sifting through them. Not Robert. <laughs> I promise you. Triple eight seven two seven. Back more patents too coming up. Uh, by the way, our sponsor this half hour. Uh, they do not have Robert Gibbs as a spokesperson. Mm, not at this time. It's Man Crates. Uh, Man Crates is way too cool for Robert Gibbs. But if Robert Gibbs is your dad, you can buy him one of these things, and and he'll actually be really happy with it you got a crowbar that comes with it it's packaged like this and this is part of the fun of it you know you get there it's hard to open this one's obviously already open and then inside you get a bunch of stuff that relates to something that your dad loves if your dad is uh you know like jeffy who's on all sorts of substances he might like the whiskey lovers uh, uh box a crate and it's a, you've got great food in here you've got uh, stuff that goes with whiskey nuts specifically designed to go with great whiskey you've got books about how you know you know what whiskeys to buy how to drink them and i love these these the uh circular the sphere are ice slick. molds are yeah. awesome and then uh how about these custom cups Custom whiskey glass, uh, uh, drinking glasses glass with inside. No, you don't have to get the glass with stew on it. You, they would put Jeffy, or I guess if you're, if you're I mean, most only 12-year-olds typically get Jeffy. They might not allow it. This is whiskey. We can't put Jeffy on a cup. Was, was it a 12-year-old? No, uh, his name is actually Jeffy. Uh, it's a great gift, and it's something unique, something different. They're going to not, uh, you know, they're not going to expect this, and it's going to be able to cut, be able to be customized to something your dad really loves. Go to mancrates.com slash stew, check out all their crates, and give your dad an unforgettable gift this Father's Day. It's mancrates.com slash stew. This is a national health care alert from the Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You could qualify for a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost to you. Get free delivery and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers at no charge to you. So if you're on Medicare and have knee pain, don't wait. You may qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost. Friendly agents are standing by 24-7 to help you. We also have other pain-relieving braces, too, for your shoulder, ankle, or back. You may be eligible to get these items and more at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Our friendly representatives are standing by now to help you, so please call now. Call 866-295-8411. That's 866-295-8411. Again, 866-295-8411. That's 888727. Beck. Uh, all right. Life in America mm. I mean, it doesn't exist anymore because there is no America anymore. America's gone. Uh, America you, left us. Did you, do you really need it? Uh, that's a you question know. we haven't talked about that much. What's so great about it? No, you, nothing. You know? Nothing. It was uh, evil. It was empirical. You know? It was, uh, it, it was flawed uh, from its foundation, mm -hmm. of course. Um, and uh, there are just too many white people in it. Too many white. People. <laughs> yes, that's the. Too I was. Wait, I didn't want to say it. Many. But white you people. did it. You went there, and I'm glad you did, sir. I am glad you well, did. Well, somebody had to, Stu. Um, and here's the thing: there's a racial history of American swimming pools, apparently. 
apparently, from the Atlantic. This is infuriating. (laughs) It's the racial history of American swimming pools, as the Atlantic puts it, that's revealed in uh, the McKinney, Texas neighborhood and, and that whole story. And I guess there's a racist swimming pool right there. Backyard pools and private clubs only proliferated after municipal pools were forced, <gasps> forcibly desegregated. <gasps> because white people obviously didn't want to swim with black people. So that's where we had to do a backyard pool. Are you kidding me? I don't want to swim with anybody else I don't know, frankly. <laughs> I don't know if you're peeing in mm. there. I don't know what your hygiene habits they are, are. They are peeing in there. Yes, they are. And That's, so You're swimming in their pee. I know what my family is doing in there, and I'm a little more comfortable <laughs> with them no matter what they're doing in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus, I don't want to go to the neighborhood pool mm-hmm. when I've got one in my backyard, and it's nicer. What, I mean, what would, you rather, so would you rather go to a private pool or a public pool? Of well, I think we all know you want to go to a private pool. Would you rather have a, a, a pool at your house or the community pool? You'd rather go to the pool at your house. This is why yeah. it costs extra money and it's, uh, it's seen as a luxury item. Um, you know, I, uh, Lawrence, who's on Dana's show all the time, we're, we're just talking, and he was bringing up a lot of great points about this McKinney story, which is, you know, it look, it, it wasn't handled particularly well by the police officer. The officer's now uh, retired and he's uh, uh, resigned and the, the police uh, there saying, hey, you know, look, we don't think what he did was defensible, but they did say 11 of the 12 officers uh, handled themselves very well and that the people who were there are in fault. fault. All that's true and, and certainly interesting and accurate. But, like, the thing that's most interesting to me is this is just not a national news story. It shouldn't it's be. a community pool it shouldn't be. where there was a party that got out of control and the result was no one was injured. <laughs> it is not a national news story. We are I think this might be just a sign of how lazy the freaking media is is that like because there's a video and they can play this video in which there's approximately 5 seconds that are objectionable. They just keep playing it over and over and over and over again and we're all supposed to be up in arms about it. It's like there 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 has to be a hundred other incidents that were worse than that on the day it occurred. There has to be just playing the percentages, there has to be mm-hmm. a thousand stories of people being murdered by other people in their neighborhood that are more uh, important. There have to be mm-hmm. a, a hundred stories from Washington and a hundred stories from every state house of bills that are being pushed through that actually affect people. This girl had 30 seconds of mistreatment, which resulted in nothing. Yeah. That's the story. Yeah. She wasn't she's like you almost want to say like god how many dozens of people were killed in this incident? I know. I want to know because for they just do not coverage? talk about that. For a week of a coverage. A week of coverage yeah. about a pool party? I know. Uh and the Washington Post <laughs> says how the rise of gated spaces like swimming pools can quietly perpetuate racial tension. <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> Is it yeah. I, I, you, Got to see this racial boogeyman around every single every corner. It's the Chris Matthews approach to life, man. I Everything can't is caused take by race. It. It's like, are we not supposed? What they seem to be indicating is, if you have something that's private, it will add to racial tension. Therefore, it yeah. should not exist. So, this land is your land. This land is my land. Is where we get to. 
in that one. And, uh, you know, no one has anything mm -hmm. private and everything is everybody else's. And then at that point, you can complain about the same thing again in a different way because you won't be satisfied by that either. But at least we can get there and, and shut you up for a short period of time. Just like, I, you know, look, if you have something that you purchase, it is yours to do with what would you want. You, if you buy a house, you should, don't have to let people in that you don't know. And it's not because you're racist. It's because you purchased something that you wanted some privacy. It's okay to have privacy. All the people that are siding uh, against, uh, you know, the people in, like, Hollywood who are all up in arms and just upset, they all go to their private island resorts where they're private from, from uh, cameras and everything else because they don't want to deal with other people. That's a natural human response sometimes. We all like people sometimes. We all don't want to deal with them others. That's, not, that's okay. You know, if I don't invite other people into my bath at night, am I a racist? No, I want to be in there by myself. And believe me, they don't want to be in there either. It's not a positive visual. The point is, look, privacy is a luxury at some level. Um, you, well, you can purchase it. And when you do purchase it, you should get what you purchased. That's all. Mm -hmm. That's all. It has nothing to do with race. If other, if your entire community is filled with black people and brown people and yellow people and red people and white people and who cares, then they all can go in there too. The people that can't go in there are people that are illegally trespassing in the area. That's and, the problem. And, and they keep making a big deal out of this is that the, the black teens were, were pissed off apparently by the fact that the perception was that they didn't belong there. Well, they didn't. Right. Yeah, you don't if it's not your neighborhood pool. Yeah. These people who are there are paying for the privilege to be there. Including. You're not. By the way, the, the audio not. you paid, played earlier today of a black family who was there and was right. critical of the way the teens right. were handling themselves. So there were blacks in the neighborhood. Yeah. So it's not like they, these evil white people are keeping everybody who looks different from them out of their neighborhood. They're not. No. They're not. And so if you if you don't live in the neighborhood, you I don't care what color you are, you don't belong there. Get out. Mm -hmm. So they had every right to call police and say there are people who are here who shouldn't be here. There's no problem with that. There's no problem with that. It shouldn't be. I mean, look, that does not mean that the police officer may have handled the situation poorly. It does seem like he, you know, even if you just go to the part of, because I think there, you don't know when you're an officer, and sometimes you maybe overreact to something, but you ha you don't know when something's going to go awry. So, look, do, do we think the girl in the bikini was a threat? I don't think she was, uh, and I don't think he handled the situation particularly well. And he should realize that there's cameras on every single time. Even she had a bazooka in her bikini. She did. She had a bazooka. Mm. But the point is, I, right. it's not to say that there isn't something here. Like, I know. Like, should, I know. should this be a story on in the local, local McKinney yes. paper? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Should it be a yes. story on the, Dow in the, in the, the Dallas, Dallas Morning News? I don't know. Maybe. They handle local uh, areas. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Is it something that's going to be on the local news? Uh, you know, maybe the first day it gets on the local news. Outside of that. What this are we been, doing? This has been uh, a what are huge, we talking about? Huge national story now, all week long. It's just all week long. It's it's the like let, let, let's put uh, every night in America, all across America, there are bar fights, in which people will get in fights in bars. Someone might get their teeth knocked out. Mm -hmm. uh, someone might uh, you know fall hard, maybe get a concussion, something like that. Those happen well, thousands of times, probably in America, every single day. All of those are a bigger deal than this. 
all of them. Every single bar fight is a bigger deal than this. Because there, at least somebody got hurt. Mm-hmm. Now, look, the police can't abuse their power. They can't be horrible, horrible people. We understand that. But uh, he abused his power to the point of he was a little bit too forceful with one or two people. And should he have pulled his gun? Probably not. Should have pulled the stun gun or whatever. But he didn't shoot it. He didn't kill anybody. He's well-trained enough with a gun to not shoot people. He sat on someone's back, as you see here, for what seemed to amount to about 30 seconds with no additional context around it mm-hmm. because we didn't have the rest of the video. I, it, you know, it's, it's not the Armenian genocide. And you had a black guy who lived in the neighborhood saying he did nothing wrong. Supported him fully. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's amazing it's like, stuff. And again, amazing stuff. The, the, the one other aspect to add to this, and now, now I'm just ranting on it, but it's like, if there's a white cop and a, uh, a black person who's in an incident, we jump immediately past the cop did something wrong to the cop did something wrong because he's a racist. Still to this moment, there is not one shred of evidence mm-hmm. that this person was racist in his life that he was a racist guy, that he was m- uttering racial slurs under his breath as this was going on, that he, by the way, pulled the gun on the white person. It has zero to do with race. And that's all people can talk about is this racist cop who was attacking this black girl in a bikini. She wasn't hurt, and there's no shred of evidence about race. And there's no, I would say, no disagreement about that. That's not like, those aren't controversial statements. There's no one who has anything Mm-hmm. on this racial incident. And, the, and as you pointed out, Pat, there's, the black families in the community agreed with the cops. <laughs> it's an amazing story. Triple eight seven two seven. back. More Pat and Stu coming up. But other than that, it's a pretty, pretty well-reported story. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they've done a good job. Yeah, yeah. We need to talk about it for about another month. Yeah, coming up, 16 more segments yeah. on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, NBA Finals last night, by the way. Uh, another win for the Cavs. Yeah, amazing. As they, they went back to Cleveland and uh, and beat Golden State 96-91. LeBron had another 40 last night, yeah. 12 rebounds, 8 assists. And he was at, the thing I like about LeBron James is he's able to institute new rules like tackling. And that's something that was not part of basketball until last night. Of course, but Stu will able... give him no due, despite the no, fact. No, he was great. He was great. And, and he was great. I don't care about LeBron James. I, I, yeah. I just, I'm not, I'm kind of neutral on yeah. him. I do like the fact that Cleveland's on the verge of, I'm winning a championship for the first time since 1964. I like, look, I'm a fan of Cleveland, and I, I want Cleveland to have a championship, not yeah. like this. I, I want them like to go Cleveland. back and, and have Ernest Biner not fumble. That's how I want them to get a championship. That's not going to happen. Though. That's not going to happen. I don't want, I just, I, I, I'm totally, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm all over, I want Golden State to win the series, but mm-hmm. they do have to, I don't know, remember how to play basketball. Like, for example, you need to remember to hit well, wide open shots. Well, somebody's playing some pretty good defense right now. I will say, and, and Pat, I will s- Pat, Pat, Pat. I, I will say Pat, Pat, also, Pat, Pat. also, you when, don't when the, have when, Kyrie Irving, yeah. and you don't have Kevin Love, yeah, this, and the guy has picked up the team on his shoulders, and he's taken him to yeah, and a he's, 2-1 he's, lead he's in the NBA He's neared 50% finals. in some of, the, of those games as well. Uh, yes, uh, shooting, which like is last great. night. Well, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he missed, uh, was, he, was he 18 of 
34? No, no, 14 of 34 last night? I can't remember what that is. I'm getting confused. I don't know. He's taking a lot of shots. And by the way, he's, in all seriousness, probably going to set an all-time record for the amount of points he's responsible for because he's either shooting it on every play, passing it to someone who shoots it on every play, mm-hmm. or uh, he's handling it. I mean, his usage stats are, you know, completely unheard of. They're just giving him the ball on every play and letting him, letting him go and then playing, they're playing good defense. I will say, like, look, if you're going to get Steph Curry to miss seven wide-open three-pointers in a game, and you're going to have Matthew Della Badova throw up shots where he's not even looking at the backboard and get fouled and they go in, you're going to win. I, whether you can do that over a seven-game series, I have no idea. We'll see. We'll see. If they can do it, they can do it. And, and they obviously have the upper hand now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, I, you know, I, don't, I don't know. They may actually win this. And if they do, I mean, I, I, and, uh, as much as I like to hammer LeBron James, who, you know, who has his moments. He doesn't do the things that superstars uh, traditionally have done. All of the ones that I think have been considered the best players ever, he doesn't do those things, which is why I have an issue with him. For example, you know, clutch moment down the stretch, the guy hits the side of the backboard with a jump shot. Now, look, the guy had 40 points. Mm -hmm. He was obviously amazing and took some ridiculously crazy shots that went in. Uh, he, he played a great game, but it's like you just don't see. I don't remember Michael Jordan pulling up for a 15-footer from the corner and hitting the side of the backboard ever. I'm sure he did, but I don't remember it. I certainly don't remember it in a moment like that. Not down the stretch of the NBA Finals, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I don't remember I, that. I, I think I watched every one of those performances. Oh, and yeah. the guy, and especially against my Utah Jazz, uh, those uh, 97 to 98, and the guy... Never missed a clutch shot. <laughs> I know, I, of course he did. I'm sure. I hated but, his but he makes guts it. in '97 and '98 because he never missed. Yeah. I, I mean, people are in his face. You got one guy hanging off his leg. Somebody has gouged out one eye, and he's falling backwards, <laughs> and he's bleeding profusely, <laughs> and his sweat is dripping down the other eye, and he still nails it he from 45 it. feet. That's what I he does. Can't yeah. stand him. <laughs> but, but you can't compare. LeBron, you can't compare Michael Jordan to anybody because uh, read period, any the best news coverage about what's happening the right best now, and they time. all are doing it. Yeah, yeah they're all stu- doing it's it. It's stupid. He, uh, LeBron is not Michael Jordan. He is an all-time great player. Yes, yes. He's not Michael Jordan. He is. He's and not. look, you know, he's also only thirty. Yeah. So the bottom line is he could wind up being better. I just at this well, point, well, he'll probably wind up with more points. He'll he'll probably oh, yeah. you know. Because he's, he'll just flat out play longer. He didn't. He, Jordan went to, to college for three years, so uh, and he's playing in a in a in a horrifically historically bad conference. So his road to the right. finals is has been right. very easy historically. However, Golden State's a historically good team. So if he if the if he can win this series, and again, it's kind of It'll just be a him. Big deal. It's legit a big deal. Yeah, even is. as a guy who can't stand him, it is. I just you know, it's it's a, the coverage on him is infuriating. I, I can't. They're just like, look at what LeBron's done. He's played uh, very good games. He has uh, you know uh, he's done uh, a lot, and mm-hmm. he's been leaned on for a lot. There was an article today that I was reading and saying that. Uh, arguing that LeBron actually plays better without other superstars. He's just one of those guys that he's actually a better player without Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. He actually... Wow. It's a better formula for them because you know he he, he doesn't have to, no one you can't lean on that you just got to go to him and and then play defense. Um, but he, I mean he did a lot of great things last night and, and he hit, did hit uh, I will say uh, one clutch three and he hit uh, I think at least four big free throws down the stretch and that's you know what you got to do mm-hmm. in those mm-hmm. positions. Yeah. I mean, he, and he's he did. done what he has to do and and, he and you know the truth <laughs> is 
Honestly, as a guy who uh, I, I absolutely don't want, I don't like LeBron at all, obviously. Uh, but taking that out of it for a moment, Golden State's got to make wide open shots. I mean, they're playing good defense, but it, they're not playing perfect defense. And uh, these guys, I watched this team this year. I watched them come back from 23 down to beat Dallas this year uh, during the regular season. They just don't do what they're doing now and haven't mm-hmm. done it all year. And maybe they're rattled. I feel like nerves are a bigger part of it than how great the defense is. But, I mean, you know, wide open. There's a straight play down the stretch, that, and I know you didn't watch the game. There's a play down the stretch where Shumpert uh, inbounds it, like just gets fooled by his guy, thinks he's going the other way, inbounds it directly to Steph Curry at the top of the key with no one else w- around him for 20 feet. <laughs> Seriously, it was just a blown play, busted play. Down the stretch with like two minutes left in the game, a chance to bring it within like two points. Wide open, bricks it off the side of the rib. Like, a guy, like, mm. it would, like if Jeffy walked out there right now and took the shot, it would have looked better. <laughs> it's like this is st- the guy's the MVP of the league. He's been hitting these shots all year, mm-hmm. and I don't know. You know, it's, it may be nerves, and that's Today, part of it. Perhaps you missed the USA Today article mm-hmm. um, oh, no. by Nate Scott. Oh no, that, this is going to uh, hurt. Talks about LeBron James is giving the greatest NBA Finals performance in history. Jeez. You can't think that if you no, watch these games. Now. You can't think come it on if you've watched the games. Now, if come he wins the now. series, come if he wins on. the series. You're going to have an argument. I mean, according, I, and I, I will give you that. But according, according to this article, he has the most points he in does. the first three he's, games of an NBA Finals as anyone in history. That, that's true. He's but running the he, offense, yeah. still has the best perimeter defender on the team, calling plays, giving speeches in the huddle, barking out defensive assignments. He's the quarterback of the team, but he's also the offensive coordinator, <laughs> the running back, the star wide receiver, and the linebacker. I love that. They, they're giving him credit for barking out <laughs> defensive assignments. This guy, it just doesn't matter what he does. Two! Two! Nineteen! Two. Oh, what an amazing thing. Jordan two. could have never said nineteen. Two! Never could. Nobody else would have said two that way. Nobody else. No one. I mean, <laughs> like, to, to have the best performance in the history of the NBA Finals, do you not have to make half of your shots in one game? John, yeah, that's yeah. my question. Does yeah. he have to shoot 50% in one game? You this is from to. a guy who's around the basket all the time, by the way. Yeah. So it's not like he's taking tons of, like, it's not Steph Curry where he's taking 18 three-pointers in a game. He, the guy's around the basket all the time. He gets, he gets minimum seven or eight layups a game. I will never forget Michael Jordan in, I think it was 98, oh, the 98 series. Uh, and it was when the Jazz had won 60 games that year. So it was either, either 97 or 98. And, and uh, the, the game was in Chicago. And the Jazz were down by one. And Carl uh, Malone was backing up Michael Jordan in uh, uh, about to post up and do that fall away jump yeah. shot that he never missed. <laughs> okay? Ah, ah, so ah, this ah. is to take the game that, to the series back to 3-3, and then you got to go back to Salt Lake City where they never lost that year. They never. I think they lost one game, either one or two games, the entire season. Would never have lost Game 7 of the NBA Finals there. So it's 3-2 series lead, <laughs> down by one, <laughs> Carl Malone backing up Jordan. Jordan goes around him, makes a clean steal, takes it back the other way. Three-point. Now it's a three-point lead. Jazz lose. 4-2. Series over. Michael's smoking a cigar. You know, against, and and here's the thing, against one of the all-time great players. Because Carl Malone was one of the all-time great players. Absolutely. And John Stockton. And and Michael Jordan made him look awful. Every 
at home. Well, there was something clutch that happened. Yep, yep, Michael yep, Jordan yep, yep. made him look awful. He's no LeBron. He is no LeBron. That is way, way, way saying. better than LeBron. Look, again, way if he, if he wins the series, it's going to be a hell of an achievement. Uh, I, I, really, I mean, I, they have no right of being. They do not have any right of being up to one of the. No, that's true. And they obviously could have lost either of the games they and won, but they could have won the game they lost. Almost, they could be up three zero right now. Almost every expert was saying uh, there's no way they can. You know, especially I mean, after Irving, Golden you know. State's too good, and, and he doesn't have the best supporting crew, and so it's not going to happen this year. But it's a good effort by him, and now they're up to one. So like, you know, you want to give him his like, props. Does LeBron James? I, honestly. Again, I know I'm a LeBron hater. I got it. Mm-hmm. But does LeBron James get credit for Matthew Della Bedova scoring 18 points? Yes. No. Yes, because – and here's why. why here's why. Mm-hmm. He is so good, he makes everybody else better. <laughs> Even when not involved in the plays. Yes. Even He's when Matthew Della Bedova has the ball by himself. Makes Matthew Bella Bedova better. Right. Got Just it. his That's, presence. That on the is floor. essentially every media source right yeah, now. It's it infuriating. Is. It the is. excitement infuriating. that he got after LeBron barked out a defensive call. <laughs> That's right. When top. he said Seriously. two, <laughs> that is the level. That is what yeah, Jeffy is fire. the media right now. <laughs> yeah. That is where it is. <laughs> More patents too coming up in a second. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Yeah, it's my fault. Uh, first review came out for just Jurassic Park, uh, and it's bad. It doesn't look promising to me. Nah, man, it's too bad. Got to see it. Though. I mean, well, you know, I, I don't always agree with critics, but uh, I think there's a good chance this will not meet expectations. Jurassic World is, uh, you know, I think highly anticipated, and usually those are disappointing, right? Yeah. The other uh, one that's uh, highly anticipated is The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. Yeah. And we happen to have a trailer. Let's uh, let's take a peek at that. Nothing good or safe while snow's alive. But I can't make another speech about it. Snow has to pay for what he's done. One way or another, this war is going to come to an end. There's only one thing you could do now to add more fire to this rebellion. We all have one enemy. He corrupts everyone and everything. He turns the best of us against each other. Tonight, turn your weapons to the capital. Everything. Make no mistake. The game doesn't go for. I do. Jeffy likes the evil characters. I do tell something that's great. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Welcome to the 7600 Games. Is that the final one in the series, or is the series over after this? I hope so. Are there more? I feel like there's been three that have come out, right? There's only three books, right? I don't know. I think there's three books, and they've, they've just divided yeah. this last book okay. into two. Okay, so this so must this be it. This is a yeah. big finale. Yeah, yeah. I, cool. I haven't seen the, the third one yet, so I'm... Oh, oh really? Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, it's pretty good. It is. It's not I, bad. You know, it's one of those movies that I like. I, I, you know, I never rushed to see it in the theater, but when I, I watched the first two, and both of them I really liked. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was so great in it. Look yeah. at them holding hands. I want them to <laughs> Yeah, he is good. It's a good, it's a good series. And she's great. I like her. Yeah. Just talking uh, to Jeffy, wondering if a doctor has uh, yet recommended a full headectomy on him yet. Has that happened? Have they, have they just said, you know what, we could, we could just take off the head. Slop it off. Just remove the head and... and Do you really uh, want me to answer that question? No, no, no. There's never a time we <laughs> ask you a question that we want you to answer. <laughs> it's a general safe assumption. Okay. Yeah. Uh, global warming, theory that predicts nothing and explains everything. Yeah, from the Federalist. This oh, is a good, good article. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have been pointing out uh, one of the big problems global warming is there's no global warming. Well, that's a minor part of you it. You know, uh, <laughs> there's been like a, there was some warming. It warmed during the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. And then what happened? About 1998. It stopped. Mm -hmm. And now it's been going like this uh, the rest of the time. Yeah, it's I'll plateaued. Bring my hand it's this way. paused. It's, Pause. There's a pause in warming. Now, see, global warming would be if it kept going up, right? Even ever so slightly, that's warming. Mm -hmm. Like when last year the average temperature was 73.4, and this year it's 73.5. That's it's more still warming. Still warming, and you could say the trend's continuing. When it doesn't, and it seems to even slightly reverse. Uh, not so much. Is that warming? You've yeah. got an issue there. Yeah. Um, and and this is uh, this is a problem that uh, a lot of scientists were having uh, trying to explain this. Um, one of the things they came up to explain it was that the ocean was doing things that they did not predict, which is interesting because they're using that information to say how sure they are. Yeah. About I, the border. I don't. I, I um, don't. I seriously don't understand. Wait. You're telling us you didn't understand how the world worked, but you you understand everything else about the world. Yeah, they, the only thing they didn't understand was how much heat the ocean absorbed. That's the only thing <laughs> in the world they didn't understand. <laughs> and now that they have that right, you can give them your trillion dollars. Okay. And finally, you can feel confident. Ten um, trillion, I think it is. Well, yeah, it's going to be a lot more than one mm -hmm. trillion, at least uh, globally. Um, but this is interesting in that now they um, now that they've had this problem, mm -hmm. and it, look, it's hurt. The numbers on global warming, they haven't had any uh, hurricanes and they haven't had any, uh, you know, uh, increased warming. So uh, the, there's a new report that's come out, a new, a new analysis. Now, this is not new information. It's a new analysis of existing information. All right. They've, they've analyzed the information we've been going off all this time. Uh, and they have decided to adjust the number. And all of the sudden, we now have not had 
a global warming pause. There is now no longer a uh, global warming uh, pause or plateau. Now it's been warming the whole time. Starting in at least early 2013, a number of scientific and public commentators have suggested that the rate of recent global warming have slowed or even stopped. This phenomenon has been invariably termed a pause, a slowdown, or a hiatus. But a team of federal scientists report today in the prestigious journal Science there may not have been any pause at all. The numbers from the NOAA, which is the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, their National Centers for Environmental Information, adjusted. Again, they're in, this is what they're admitting. This is not like ClimateGate where they say, hey, let's, uh, let's play with the data until it does what we want. And that's in a private email that they get caught because someone hacks their emails. This is they're actually telling you that they have adjusted. Uh, uh, they have adjusted their data on land and ocean temperatures to address residual data biases that affect a variety of measurements, such as those sh taken by ships over the oceans. And they found that newly corrected and updated global surface temperature do not support the notion of a global warming hiatus. So what, what they're saying is 20 years after the fact, they're saying, you know what, the, the temperatures in like 1999 and 2000 were actually lower than we thought they were. Uh, in 1998, lower than we thought they were. So now, uh, and, and the ones that we've had recently are higher than we realized. So what we're seeing is that uh, all of the temperatures after 1998 are, have been risen. In addition to this, they've gone back and taken the temperatures before 1998 and lowered them. So now you have a, a bigger warming trend because... The old temperatures are lower retroactively, and the newer temperatures are higher retroactively. There is not another place, another profession in the world where you could get away with this. Can you imagine if the uh, you know uh, an investor came to you and was like, "Oh, look, uh, the stock market was actually at two thousand last week, and now it's at fifty thousand, and you got all this profit." That's not the way it works. You can't change the numbers afterwards. Now there are times where um, certain things happen um, where, you know, you could say, okay, well, maybe we didn't account for something. Um, and, you know, like you, you can, that's, they've already done this dozens of times to get to the numbers they are had before this. Mm -hmm. But now they're taking real time when they have satellite measures. They have, it's one thing to fool with data from 900 years ago when you're trying to estimate it with tree, tree rings. I, I mean, I get that in theory, there could be a reason for that. Shockingly, the reason always happens to be to make those temperatures cooler and more recent ones warmer. It, whatever reason, it always works out that way. Uh, but when you have satellites that are active in this time period, there are satellites circling the globe taking the temperature since the late 70s. Mm -hmm. We have the exact temperatures. There's no reason to adjust those temperatures unless you want to create a narrative that makes it okay for you to drain the economy of trillions of dollars. I mean, this is, uh, it's one of the most blatantly unbelievable things that these guys have ever done. Uh, but they keep doing this stuff over and over and over and over, over and over and over, and mm -hmm. they do it out in the open. Yeah, we're, we're adjusting all those. How, what are you doing adjusting these things? It's like if I, if I say, you know what, I don't like the fact that the Packers didn't make it to the Super Bowl last year. I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take into some account uh, some of the other variables like injuries and uh, t temp temperatures that were going on at the time, and I'm going to adjust the score a little bit in uh, certain games to where the Packers scored more points and the other team scored fewer. 
And well, that was the result. You did, that was that was the result. I mean, I, that that's not, not what I wanted attempt. to happen. No, of course, that's not. just the way it turned out. Mm -hmm. Was that after I took into account some some further data that we now have, like bad ref calls. You know, uh, well, we had the data before. We're just looking we had at the it data. We're looking at it differently. Uh, uh, the, the, there's been a rule change mm -hmm. in a couple of instances, mm -hmm. and so I'm going to apply <laughs> that now to the old games. And it turns out uh, the Packers were actually 18 and 0 last year, and won the Super Bowl. It's amazing. What, won the Super Bowl? Incredible achievement. It was not Another for the New challenge. England Patriots. Mm -hmm. And so, if if you did this anywhere else, they'd call you a heretic. You're you're a quack. You're yeah. pathetic. You're not a scientist. That's not how science works. No. Shut up and sit down. But, but here, it works fine. But here, they'll start screaming about this. See, we told you there was actually no warming at all. I mean, no no pause in the warming at all. Hmm. This is, uh, listen to this. This is Judith Curry. She's a mm. climatologist. And listen to this point. She, she's very smart and, 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 and looks at this stuff, I think, really honestly. She says, the greatest changes in the new surface temperature analysis is to the ocean temperatures since 1998. This seems rather ironic because this is the period where there was the greatest coverage of data with the highest quality of measurements. And again, it kind of goes it's to that point of like they had satellite measurements, incredible coverage. Mm. They had the most accurate mm. temperatures they've ever had through this period. And those are the greatest adjustments from uh, the NOAA. Uh, ne um, uh, nevertheless, the NOAA team finds a substantial increase in ocean surface temperatures anomaly trends since 1998. One of the things that they talk about in the article that they've done, and this is bizarre. When you think about because we think about all this time and we just argue about what should we do about this one degree temperature rise but how do they actually get that number do you have any idea how they measure ocean temperatures one of the main ways they do it this is fascinating to me the old way was they dipped a bucket of water a bucket into the water pulled out the water and measured the temperature that's how they used to do it mm -hmm. okay the new way they do it is there is a um uh, essentially like you're going forward in a ship i'm going to explain this horribly but you have intake of water. So you're taking water and it's going through essentially the mechanism of the ship. Now they've put temperature gauges in that mechanism. So you're sucking water in and it's going through a ship and in while it's doing that it's being measured. But of course it's going by the engine. Mm -hmm. Okay? Heating so up. It's heating up as it goes. So mm -hmm. these slight, and again it's only slight, but these slight mm -hmm. temperature uh, increases are showing an increase in temperature uh, in the oceans. Which makes some sense, considering it's going by uh, large engines that are driving a ship forward. Even uh, just moving, even geez. if it's not going by the engine, yeah, even just going the through friction. the ship itself. The friction yeah. would warm it. Just yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, like, it's bizarre to think that, that just the quality of the measurement would be you're dipping a bucket uh, into the water, pulling it out and taking the temperature. That seems bizarre and seems so old school, which it is, but it's more accurate than letting water run by an, uh, an engine and then taking the temperature. <laughs> I mean, it's absurd. Why wouldn't you just put a thermometer into into the water? Well, they have they do have some buoys that do that, um, but they, <laughs> this is supposed to add to the data set. Um, okay. Because again, you're trying to measure a global temperature. There is no such thing as a global temperature, right? You, mm -hmm. it, to get an accurate global temperature, in theory, you would have to put uh, in the perfect circumstances a a, a measurement st uh, tool in a grid, essentially, around uh, the world. And, of course, you can't do that. There's areas of, 
you know, the Arctic and there's areas uh, all over the ocean where they, you know, these, these the, even ships aren't going regularly. Um, and, and they don't have that sort of, you know, think about it. If every mile there was another temperature stick all across the United States, even, it, you couldn't even do it. Um, and so to do it in the Central African Republic or Darfur, eh, probably not occurring. And so they do a lot of estimates. They do a lot of, like, trying to fill in the gaps where the data isn't. They try to figure out what, what are we missing here? How should we adjust these things? We know they built a giant parking lot next to our thermometer. How do we account for that? Mm. And, you know, that's where they play with it. That's where they adjust the data all the time and are able to build these hockey stick type graphs. Um, I mean, you know, the really uh, smart statisticians have gone in and tried to rebuild the hockey stick and were not able to do it. Um, and then so they decided to try to figure out what sort of adjustments they were making to the data. They found that they could put almost any data into these formulas to make it produce a hockey stick like graph. And, you know, that's been, and that, that, that information is not new. Um, so now they're doing this right in front of you, and they just, now people like President Obama will use things like this to put new regulations in, such as the one they uh, was just announced just moments ago. The Obama administration is proposing to declare that airplane greenhouse gases pose a threat to public health and welfare, the first legal step towards imposing climate change regulations on airlines. The decision is a win for environmentalists and comes as the EPA is finishing its contentious climate change rules for power plants. But it's not clear how stringent any future rules will, for airplanes will be, blah, 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 blah. Uh, EPA expects to finalize its aircraft greenhouse ga uh, gas findings next year and uh, to write climate rules following that. So what's that, what is that telling you? Well, that means every time you fly, it will cost more money. They will start taxing the airlines on, based on the climate. Um, so it will cost more money every single time you fly. Of course, every business that you do business with has people in that business that are also flying all the time. Though it will cost those people more money every single time they fly. And all of that will filter down to you through purchase after purchase after purchase after purchase. You will be buying part of the tax. Then your government has people who fly all around the country, all around the world, all the time. Those people will be paying. Not only are you paying for their whole tickets because they're in the government, you're already paying for their tickets, but you'll be paying more for their tickets and more money will go to the government. Why do you think they're doing this? I mean, there's no argument to be made that this is going to solve climate change, even if you believe the science, but they don't care. They don't care. They're going to do this stuff right in front of you. The media will lap it up. Obama will use these numbers and say there hasn't been a pause. There's a new study. Uh, Dr. Maslowski has said uh, that in some areas, in some cities, in some climates, that could potentially be a 12% chance of something happening. And there you go. All of a sudden, you've lost how much money? Well, eventually $10 trillion at least. But just the $10 trillion. Just $10 trillion, No big deal. And you've probably ruined uh, every, every industry that we count on. And you've probably raised uh, uh, airfare to a price where most people can't afford it. And you've probably stopped a lot of automobile traffic as well. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, to some people, that's a, that's a really good thing. Yeah, and, and, and just remember, if you support this, and you know someone who supports this, this is what they support. A lot of people will be mm -hmm. like, I can't believe how high these airplane uh, air, air, uh, gas prices are or these airplane ticket prices are. Just remember, when you're supporting these policies, that's what you're voting for. Yep. That's what you want. And that's what you're going to get. But don't bitch about it later. Don't, say, don't go out and support the $15 minimum wage and then complain when you're closing your restaurant. Shut up about it. Because <laughs> it's your fault. Yep. Meantime, you can get your 72-hour uh, kit right now from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply has three days' worth of food for you 
And then you could buy uh, three others for you, your wife, your children, so a family of four, get it for 40 bucks, and that includes the shipping too. They throw in the shipping, all of that, three days of food for a family of four for 40 bucks, unbelievable price, great way to get started on your you know, three-month supply or six-month supply or a year supply, if that's what you choose to do, and that's what I recommend, but maybe you don't start with that. Maybe you start with this, your 72-hour kit, 800 274 3040. Call my Patriot Supply right now. It's, it's a, good stuff. Good food, too. And, and good timing for this commercial because you see the world is a, it's it's a place crazy. where you can't exactly expect to understand what the next occurrence in it is going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, like you have people, I mean, again, this is not this is not something that plan I just told you about with all the airplane fees going up. It's not a, it's not, we, do you remember debating and voting on that? Do you remember uh, there no. being a vote? I don't, no. I don't remember being a vote. I don't remember going having senator after senator on to discuss it. This guy's doing whatever the hell he wants. And, uh, you know, it's not just him. It's, uh, it's nature. It's, uh, you know, hurricanes, tornadoes, terrorist attacks. Any of these things can put you in a position where, you know, you're not expecting, uh, you don't know what to expect next. So why not be prepared? Call My Patriot Supply, 800-274-3040, including shipping for a 72-hour kit. Call them now. It's, it's a great deal, and you're not going to find a better one. My Patriot Supply. It's not just food. It's freedom. What a great Hollywood story. You, you have to love this. Uh, you know who Zoe Saldana is? She's in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, she's the, yeah. the blue chick, right? Right. Or green or whatever she is. She was, the yeah. green or blue? I don't know. I think blue. But I um, She's one of the chicks. <laughs> it's when that, she's the hot superhero girl in there. Yeah. Uh, when that guy, that really powerful guy, is saying that everybody's his friend. <laughs> Such a funny line. And he says, You Quill, you are my friend. This dumb tree, you are my friend. And this green whore, even, and she's like, Oh, stop! Because <laughs> he doesn't understand uh, no. how not to offend people. Was that right. the uh, yes. issue? Yeah, okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Zoe Saldana, uh, star of Guardians of the Galaxy, married uh, uh, an artist, Marco Perigo, in 2013. Well, it's just been revealed that Marco has taken her name instead of vice versa. Oh. That is so enlightened of oh. him. Look at him. He's got really long blonde hair. That is so sweet. I love that. And now he's got her name. I, I literally can't think of a more stereotypical looking person. That would no, do you this. can't. Can like, you? That is the guy. That's the guy. In the dictionary. People who take other people's, the wife's name. That's the guy I would picture. That guy. <laughs> so pathetic. She says, uh, I tried to talk him out of it. I told him, if you use my last name, you're going to be emasculated by your community of artists, by your Latin community of men, by the world. But Marco looks up at me and, and says, she puts on this cute Italian accent, Ah, Zoe, I don't give a sheet. See, he was talking about sheet. bed sheets, and he doesn't give one of those. He does not give sheets. He doesn't uh -huh. give sheets. Oh, uh, so, uh, That's why it's funny, because it sounds like another word. <laughs> See? See? Uh, uh, the news uh, <laughs> leaked of the couple's decision before the magazine release. She told Facebook, all men uh, need to think outside the box. Don't they, though? All men yes. do need to redefine masculinity. Mm -hmm. We do. We do need to redefine gender stereotypes. Masculinity. 
our roles in society. Why can't we give birth and they be the hunter-gatherers? Mm -hmm. Why can't we? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. I say we do the pregnancy and they do the other stuff. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. This is We need to turn nature on its ear. Flip it upside down. Marco has the right idea here. Good for him. Good for you, Marco. It's so pathetic. <laughs> I, I, I get... I mean, I don't have any patience for any of these stories anymore. It's just, it's like the, you know, the never again is now thing. Uh, although well, I don't nothing have on it your on hand, my hand anymore. But that's what that means. I guess now that means talk to the hand. Well, I think it's more like never again was a couple of days ago. It was, it was a couple of days ago. Is that what that well, means? Yeah, because there's nothing on the hand. There's nothing on the hand. So faded. never again was a couple of days ago. Our, our caring about our country has just faded a little bit <laughs> uh, the last couple of days. It's washed off. It's washed away. It happens, you know. Uh, you know who else is sick of this is uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Didn't we? Do we play this already? Or is this, this a, is a new one? Yeah. No, it's a new one? Yeah. Oh, he was on Seth Meyers last night talking about it. Here he is. I do this joke about... Um, uh, the way people need to have the, justify their cell phone. I need to have it with me because people are so important. Right. You know, I said, well, they don't seem very important the way you scroll through them like a gay French king. <laughs> you know, <it's> just... <laughs> well... That's very offensive to the gay French king. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, the, I did this yeah. line recently in front of an audience. And <laughs> you can, you know, comedy's where you can kind of feel like an opinion. And they mm -hmm. thought, yeah. what do you mean, gay? What are you talking about, gay? What are you saying, gay? What are you, what are you doing? What do you, what do you mean, you know? Mm -hmm. And I thought, are you kidding me? I mean, we can't even... <laughs> you, I could imagine a time, and, and this is a serious thing, I can imagine a time when people say, well, that's offensive to suggest that a gay person moves their hands in a flourishing motion, <laughs> and you now need to apologize. I mean, th there's a creepy... PC thing out there that really bothers me. It is absolutely here. The reason why wow. he, he can only imagine it and isn't feeling it is because he's Jerry Seinfeld. Right. Yeah, that time's and already here, my friend. He's not conservative, A, and B, he's got so much FU money, he can essentially do whatever he wants. Yep. However, even Bill Cosby finds out that that's not true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, again, not, nothing to do with his, the accusations of the crimes, but when he was just talking about things that were generally leaning, like you had to take personal responsibility with your family, he was being beat up like crazy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, and so, but Seinfeld can get away with a lot more but that it is absolutely there if you have the wrong opinion on taxes you can't say that right now you can't mm -mm. he's completely uh right uh just he you know the fact that it's hitting these guys and it's the same thing we talked about with the um uh the reporters earlier comedians uh are some of the most effective uh people when it comes to illustrating the absurdity of what, something that's happening in society and getting it changed. We've seen this happen so many times over history. But comedians now like these policies, so largely are being silent about them, and they don't really care. because. Right. So now that it's affecting them and their comedy, however, we're hearing from them a little bit, lo a little bit more. When the progressives start eating their own, like the Jerry Seinfelds of the world and all the rest of these guys, mm. then maybe, maybe... Some of somebody will ask to put the brakes on this stuff when when you can't say what he said about the you know gay French king and you can't I mean if we said that we'd be drummed off the air probably Glad would be all over us there'd be boycotts already blah 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 but you know it's Jerry Seinfeld so they cut him some slack but hey you better not say that I mean even and he's right when you say something like that 
you can feel the audience's tension. You can mm -hmm. feel them going, whoa, are we allowed whoa, to laugh at wait that? Wait a minute. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. That's the thing. Are we allowed to laugh at that? Yeah. Because yeah. it can be funny. Yeah, obviously. It's just funny. It's a joke. And you know who else will be laughing man. at it? Gay people. In yes. all honesty, yes. gay people think that's really funny, but they, do, you know, it's, it's it's unless they're the militant agenda, right? And I and I think people. a lot of them being honest would actually find it funny. It's just a matter of you can't be honest in the society anymore. Mm -hmm. You can no longer say, okay, actually that one doesn't bother me. You have to find that offense everywhere. Yep. It's like mm. it's just that never-ending quest it's like an episode of hunger games you're just like you're going and you're trying to find that place where you could be offended today where do i find that thing that outrages me so i can post it on facebook today and it's like well i mean society's going to give you a lot in that particular issue uh, area but less and less and that's why comedy uh becomes less and less interesting it, it becomes uh less and less edgy becomes less and less groundbreaking because people are afraid to say anything. Look, at, we've just gone through a presidency where essentially the president wasn't mocked on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's been a few sketches here. There's been, and not to say that they've never done it, but largely have done nothing mm -hmm. critical of this guy. Mm -hmm. A president of the United States. I don't care if it's George Washington. He should have been mocked for the stupid wig. Everybody gets mocked. Right. You know? I mean, Jeffy, you know. Actually, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so have you heard the latest on, on Bluebell ice cream? For those in 22 states Very where Bluebell ice cream exists, mm -hmm. uh, it's not in all 50 states. So it's kind of a regional story. But Bluebell is absolutely dominant everywhere they are. Everywhere yep. they have ice cream, everywhere they sell ice cream, they, I believe, in every state they're in, they're number one. I, I and in Texas, they got that. like a 60 share. And I will say that to, uh, uh, to uh, in the words of Stubergear, uh, mm -hmm. it's because it's good. It is good. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, Bluebell Creameries is a reviewing report from a private laboratory that found evidence of listeria in a carton of ice cream yeah. at Alabama's Very plant, sad. at the Alabama yeah. plant. Somebody got sick in Alabama, so they started doing tests on those gallons of ice cream as well. And that's where they found it. Yeah. So now they're thinking, okay, well, maybe it came from the Alabama manufacturing plant. So have you noticed, though, that there's no, I mean, there's wanna, gaping holes. There used to be where oh. the Bluebell was. Now it's all been filled. Yeah, you and I talked about else. this earlier, Pat. Man, I'm telling you, I was at the grocery I'm a, store. The I'm other worried day, for Bluebell. Leaning, looking at the ice cream uh, freezers, mm -hmm. which, you know, I do regularly anyway. But I was noticing that, wow, man, Bluebell, if they don't come back soon. I don't know where they find their place anymore. Gone. In the, yeah. Because if, if I was an yeah. ice cream guy, when they, as soon as they pulled Bluebell off, I want my ice cream spread out. And that's what they did. The store brands held off for a little bit to see how long Bluebell was going to be gone. Not anymore. And then every, they spread out so all those brands. They're still not producing. They're still not. No. Well, we've I've, heard that they're producing but not selling. Right. We heard in, in Texas, Texas they're producing again. But not selling. They haven't distributed it out to the stores or anything. I mean, that's I, pretty bad. I mean, I Lister, what happens to you with Listeria? Jeffy? <laughs> it's been a long time mm -hmm. since I've been affected with uh, Listeria, and I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Vomiting, probably. Yeah, I get really, really sick. It affects the weak. You know, it's a lot. It's like the flu. Uh -huh. It affects yeah. if you're an you older go. person or a younger person. Yeah. It, you, it's, it's going yeah. to it's going to affect you. Where that's where some of the deaths have come from. Um, yeah, well, listeria infection symptoms: fever, nausea, yeah. vomiting, diarrhea, abdominal pain, cramping, back pain. Jeez, I wonder if that's what I had last week. That sounds like what I had.
And I also, I had you listeria. were thinking you might have eaten bluebell. I, I was, I, I, I did start going through my head. Did I have any bluebell? Did I have listeria? I get listeria. I got to tell you, we joke around like bowl. we had, we, 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 there was some old. But I don't think I've had any. <laughs> well, you and I had some. Yeah, it was, that was a, a long while, time. That was a long time ago. A long time and ago. There's still a bl- cup of bluebell vanilla ice cream in this freezer. Uh, people are kitchen. afraid of it now. And I think I was close to eating that bad boy. The other day. Are you really? I don't and think I, I do it. I don't think I do it. Do it, man. No, Come on, it. suck it up. Just go for I know, it. That's You're what gonna I be fine. Go get it right now. Bring it back and eat it, and eat then it we'll now, just keep, keep monitoring you for the show. Yeah, it's a spoons um, episode. We'll monitor, and then we'll monitor you for the next week and see if you get listeria in your bowl. Um, by the way, when you get that feeling, <laughs> when you start to vomit. You get listeria. Listeria. Uh, Listeria. Bizarre, too, by the way. Uh, This is a little bit off topic, but as we're talking about this, I'm Googling the symptoms of listeria. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of times the the way they do this is regionally. They, you know, like if in your area, what are people searching for? But I write symptoms, oh, symptoms of listeria fills in. Oh, wow. Now, how of all the diseases, listeria is the thing? Well, that gets... in a market where 60% of ice cream buyers get bluebell? <laughs> yeah. You betcha. <laughs> yeah. I can see where that would fill out in your happens. Google search. It's amazing. More patents, too, coming up in a sec. Now, how do you, does listeria attack the other things that you have? Like, will it go after the syphilis? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really maybe you want it. Yeah. And then it gets rid of the syphilis and the gonorrhea. <laughs> I'm going to get the ice cream. <laughs> Listverse.com. Intriguing theories that change how you see your, your uh, favorite movies. Uh, theories like Groundhog Day is, is about psychoanalysis. Uh, psychoanalysis. Um, one of the main aims of psychoanalysis is to help patients recognize the negative repeating patterns in their lives and then find a way to overcome them. In Groundhog Day, this becomes literal reality. Everyone around Bill Murray acts the exact same way every day. Only Murray's character changes the way he re, uh, the way he responds to these patterns, and is freed from his purgatory and able to move on. You know, uh, I, I I try to talk my wife into this all the time. Groundhog Day is is a really I mean what a what an uplifting and great message movie that is because he ne- he can't get out of his. Daily grind, right? Mm-hmm. It happens to him over and over and over. I've seen some estimates that he probably had to relive the day uh, for every day for fifteen to twenty years to get as good at to the get piano as good at the piano and all the things he learned and everything he memorized as he did. So <laughs> that's a long time, and so he went through all these varying degrees. You know, of uh, first of all, he was excited by it, uh, and then well, first he didn't believe it, then he was excited by it. And then he became depressed, and it was mundane, and he wanted, and then eventually suicidal. And then he turned around, and he started thinking of others. And when it turned from him to focusing on everybody else, 
That's when he got out of his situation. I, it's a tremendous message movie. And also, really he gets is. out of the situation in an unbelievable as an unbelievable person. Yes. Uh, like, he's rewarded for this. He's right. going to be the greatest guy in history as he walks out of the situation. Yes. He can play the piano. He can right. ice sculpt. He knows all these languages. Can change he can tires cook. with a bunch of old ladies in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's great. I love that movie. He's almost a, a doctor by now. He's a physician. I mean, and he cares about people. Mm -hmm. You know, he went around the city... You know, he if, instead of trying to get to bed with Andy McDowell, he leaves her and then goes around the city helping people. Huge mistake. And, and that's, yeah, it's a huge mistake. <laughs> Why would you do something like that? Stupid. And and the, the great thing is he winds up being able to get in bed with Andy McDowell anyway. <laughs> right. I mean, although it's projected. He doesn't right. actually... He, he sleeps in the same bed with her during the movie. Yeah. But then we you expect that they're together, at least. That's the, you yeah. do expect that. So. And you expect that they probably got married. Yeah, that's kind of And settled down in Punxsutawney. Like. Um, I mean, that's what Tom Cruise did in Edge of Tomorrow, too, right? Relived the same day every day. And wind up wanting going after the chick at the end. And yeah. never got the girl during the day, either. Never no. got her. Didn't even kiss her during the day. It's an unusual movie in that regard. Mm. You know, there's no love. There's no, rom there's no romance at all in that movie. Mm. Well, he gets uh, it. He gets to into the one. Because he, he, he winds up having trouble seeing her die after a while. Yeah, he does. If you haven't seen He it. does. But he never, he, I don't think he even so much as kisses her, does he? He makes a move on her. Oh, yeah. The, the one time in the, before the helicopter crash or whatever in that barn where he's like, she, she realizes how many times have I been here when he gives her the drink or whatever. I think that he was. Uh, did he kiss her then? I think that was some business going mm. on. I don't remember if he actually mm. did. I can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> um, next up on the uh, movie list is a movie I've never seen. But now this, this uh, list I'm actually interested in seeing. You've never Ever seen The Incredibles? The Incredibles? Never seen the Incredibles. No. Are you an American? No um, wonder you like the Blue Jays. You're well, not an American. No, the, the issue here is that I'm an adult, and uh, mistakenly, uh, The Incredibles. No, I, I didn't see it. Oh my God! I it's go adult see, friendly. It's a good movie. Yes, I don't go see is. Pixar movies really. Uh, you know, I've seen some of them, but I, mm. I, I don't not like. I don't have a passion for wow. them. Wow. Mm -hmm. Like you know, Monsters Inc. was pretty good, and there's a, there's a few you know. But there, I'm sure I would like this, but I just never I never bothered. I think as I, with kids, I will wind up oh, doing Incredibles it. Incredibles is great. But what they're saying here in this article is uh, The Incredibles seems to uh, to uh, be objectivist propaganda, meaning like Ayn Rand style propaganda. Any truth to that? Did you guys notice that at all, watching that movie? Mm, I've never thought about it in that way. Here's what they say. The, for starters, the plots are eerily similar. Uh, in Atlas Shrugged, the leaders and geniuses of the world go on strike after equality-obsessed judges allow them to be sued. In The Incredibles, the world's superheroes go into retirement after Mr. Incredible is sued for saving a suicidal man. Uh, in both mm -hmm. cases, the result is a world run by the mediocre and incompetent who will soon need life-saving from, the, from themselves. Ideologically, the two also complement each other. Ayn Rand's argument is that the naturally gifted should be allowed to exercise their talents and be recognized as our superiors. I do not think that's exactly how I would describe her philosophy, but I'll, I'll <laughs> let that go by. In The Incredibles, the villain's evil scheme is to give everyone superpowers, making the entire world equal. Plenty of visual references back the theory up. At one point, Mr. Incredible hoists a globe-shaped robot on his shoulders, mimicking Atlas holding the world. Mm. Okay. All right. I, it reads quite yeah. a bit into that. But, you know, they, they went on yeah. strike, but they, didn't, the, they were forced out because they were being sued. Because Mr. Incredible helped that guy. Well, that's kind of what, in, in, you know, in Atlas Shrugged, he was... Then there was the one government in guy that still believed them, knew where they were, kept them, kept them in line, knew what everything mm -hmm. was. It does sound like the plot is similar. Yeah, it does. As yeah. a guy who's never seen that movie, it does Never seem... thought of it. Yeah. But yeah. when you do, yeah, you can see it. Uh, Willy Wonka knew the children would meet a grisly fate. 
Start of the movie, Wonka takes the five lucky kids to see his chocolate waterfall. Uh, overweight German, Augustus Gloop, greedily tries to drink from it and nearly drowns. With Augustus and his mother out of the picture, the remaining kids hop on a boat and sail away into another nightmare adventure. There's no sign of the two vacant seats where Augustus and his mother should have sat. <laughs> Instead, the boat is built specifically to hold four children and their guardians. It seems like I've noticed that before. Later, the remaining kids, now down to two plus guardians, hop in another vehicle once again and only has as many seats as there are kids left. This theory gets even more disturbing when you realize the film... Unlike the Roald Dahl book, never explicitly states whether the children live or die. Potentially, you have a film about a series of uh, pre-planned murders. <laughs> Making Willy Wonka a serial killer. That's great. That's actually a really funny thing to look at. Um, E.T., Star Wars, uh, Indiana Jones, they all take place in the same universe. Is that true? Uh, when The Phantom Menace was released in 1999, uh, they included a shot of E.T.-style aliens in the Galactic Senate. Obsessive fans tried to unpick uh, the continuity implications, and things quickly went nuts. Another Spielberg-Lucasfilm, Raiders of the Lost Ark, features quick glimpses of C-3PO and R2-D2 as hieroglyphics. Really? Yeah. I, so there's the E.T. Yeah. And the, uh, yeah, that's fun. Wow, I did not know that. Do, you have, do we have uh. a picture of the other one, too, of the hieroglyphics? I'd never noticed that before. Well, we don't have that picture, but uh, apparently that happens. Um, viewers decided this meant they all had to be taking place in the same universe. Their conclusion... Of course, it's aliens. But that's it. I never noticed that uh, freeze frame before in Phantom Menace with the E.T. style aliens. That's kind of a good, that's kind of a cool thing to do. <laughs> yeah, that is. I actually kind of like that. I do, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of amazed by the, I'm, I'm the Incredibles thing. It has me interested. I kind of want to watch it now. You should. And the kids and will like it. anyway, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Oh, my gosh. Kids yes. will like it. Yeah. All right. Triple eight seven two seven. back. There's more patents, too. That's, you know, inevitable. When he goes to see Edna, my God, you can't <laughs> It's funny. Come in, darling. My God, you can't stop. <laughs> kind of like copying our show. Because we say that on the time. Welcome back to the program. I'm Thank Stu. You. This is Pat. And that's Jeffy. Hi, Jeffy. Hi, Stu. Hi, Hi Pat. Hi, Jeffy. 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 Welcome, <laughs> welcome to it. Uh, Washington Free Beacon has been all over uh, the New York Times and this Clinton Foundation thing. Uh, they, they were the ones that broke the news about Stephanopoulos and uh, his large donation. Also, they were the ones that uh, have recently found out that the Clintons donated money uh, to the New York Times right around the time uh, the New York Times endorsed Hillary. Um, they have now uncovered that the top shareholder of the New York Times is a Clinton Foundation donor. Now, he's a donor to a lot of things. It's Carlos Slim, who's the, the guy. Oh, he's what, number guy two world. most wealthiest guy in the yeah. world, just mm. behind Bill Gates. So he, you know, but still, he has contributed between one and five million to the Clinton uh, Foundation. Uh, and his company has donated another one to five million. Uh, and Hillary Clinton was paid between two hundred fifty and five hundred thousand dollars for a speech that they that's uh, that uh, she gave to Slim's foundation. 
Um, and he owns 17% of the New York Times. He is the number one shareholder wow. of the New York Times. And by the way, he's from Mexico, which is interesting, mm. uh, just from the perspective of, you think of the New York Times, you think of an American newspaper that doesn't always have, uh, you know, opinions uh, that necessarily align with the United States, but uh, it's actually owned the largest uh, shareholders. I did not realize he owns 17 percent. It's a lot of New York Times. It's also that, not a good wow. investment. <laughs> now, who am I to criticize a multi-billionaire? But uh, eh, put your money somewhere else, Carlos. Yeah. But I guess when you're getting things like he seems to be getting, uh, you know, favored people are getting endorsed and, and mm-hmm. maybe positive treatment for him and people he likes. Eh, well, maybe it is worth it. Uh, New York Times um, uh, hit uh, Rubio. Uh, it really did a hit piece on Marco Rubio. And again, like, is Marco Rubio, um, uh, you know, I, I think he's one of the better candidates um, in the field. He's probably on the top half, although he's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marco Rubio, uh, apparently he's being beat up because he gets, I guess he got some speeding tickets. Him and his wife got speeding yes. tickets. Do you, know, do you know the series of accusations they've made here, Jeffy? Uh, well, your head? The, I just, I know the speeding tickets mm-hmm. and I know the boats. So the boat. The boat just came out. The boat is fantastic. We'll what get to was that here. What the boat? Well, he is, apparently, this what is all part that? of a long series of saying, Marco Rubio can't manage his own money. How could he manage your finances, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, how, how could he possibly, possibly handle your finances if he can't handle his own? And so they've been beating him up. He bought a house that didn't turn out to be a good investment at one point. He uh, bought a couple of luxury items uh, that maybe a person in his financial uh, status at the time shouldn't have splurged on and to his own admission he's like ah you know i just i splurged on a couple things here and there and i shouldn't have he admitted this in previous interviews so anyway uh they they highlight what they call a luxury speedboat that marco rubio purchased uh is that it right there uh is that supposedly the luxury speedboat this is the luxury speedboat right here now that is not luxury Right, like that's a basic boat. Now, look, yeah. not everybody has a boat, so having a boat is a bit of a luxury. Right. Uh, and, you know, so I understand that. But, I mean, that's not... Especially in Florida because there's no water anywhere. You don't yeah. know, you got nothing to do with it. It just sits there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's like luxury. When you think luxury speedboat, you think something like Donald Trump is ri- driving around with his name on the side. Like it's some mm-hmm. magnificent thing. Obviously not that at all. Nothing to the effect of like something that John Kerry would have sitting docked in Rhode Island so we could avoid the taxes of Massachusetts. Right. Um, uh, Continuates political series on Republican scandals that aren't actually scandals. This comes from Truth Revolt, by the way. New York Times uh, published a piece on Republican presidential candidate Marco Rubio's entirely ordinary financial debts. Um, And I I would say it's not quite ordinary. He received an $800,000 book deal, and he bought an $80,000 speedboat. What they, they, they quoted as he splurged on extravagant per, an extravagant, extravagant purchase, $80,000 for a luxury speedboat. Dun, 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 dun. So? Um, now, you've got $800,000. Putting 10% of that into a boat does not sound unreasonable no, no, at all. And especially deal. not in Florida. I mean, I mean, not, no, no joke about that. I, mean, I probably wouldn't do it, but so what? Yeah, I mean, I, like, this doesn't interest me, but this is, the, this is the actual boat. We showed you a drawing of it before. This is the actual boat. Uh, um, I mean... Look at that. Come on. That, I mean, that, there's no wow. sane person wow. who would say that that's a luxury speedboat. It's a normal, that's a fine boat. I mean, it's yeah, fine. That's a nice little Florida inland waterway it, boat. Yeah, it probably perfect. has a sleeping compartment underneath. It's probably nice. But, you know, it's so what? Big deal. Yeah, first of all, who cares? He made $800,000 and he spent 80 of it on that. Yeah. Ooh. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, 
the other part of this is, you know, they didn't, they were not, they did not point out the luxury of John Kerry's several bolts, multiple bolts. This is one of them. That looks a little bit more. I mean, obviously, it's not a speedboat per se, but it's it's a little bit more luxury. You'd say, okay, that's pretty sweet. It's still not to the level. The one in the background is what I think of. Can you kind of see that yeah. one in the back? That's what I think mm-hmm. of when you say luxury speedboat. That's what I'm thinking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, obviously, both of them. You know, it's it's nice to have a boat. Um, uh, now they were saying he bought this boat despite um, uh, saying in a speech that he planned to use the funds to pay off his lo- law school loans. The article fails to mention that he his law school loans totaled less than one hundred fifty thousand dollars at the time, and then the eighty thousand he spent mm-hmm. on the boat was a mere ten percent of his book earnings. Um, one of the few legitimate points of concern brought up by the article is Rubio's apparent use of a Republican Party credit card to pay for paving stones bought for his home and to travel for a family reunion. It's not until 17 paragraphs in that the authors in the article mention that the Rubios have been taking steps to f- stabilize their finances in recent years. Since 2012, they have started college savings accounts for his four children, put away at least $150,000, given 60000 to charity, and refinanced the mortgage on their primary home to lower their monthly payments. Um, so, I mean, I, I, to me, there's not a scandal there. It's just uh, with the exception of what the New York Times did. Now, the writer of the guy, the guy who wrote the sentence about the luxury speedboat uh, was getting hammered, of course, on Twitter about it and was attempting to defend himself. His defense was that the website you purchased the boat from classifies it <laughs> as a luxury speedboat. Um, but I don't know if I could be wrong on this. And maybe Carlos Slim, who's an investor in The New York Times, understands this better. But to me, what you want out of a New York Times journalist is to not regurgitate the marketing materials of the boat. You want to take an honest mm-hmm. assessment. As of course, I don't know if you got, I got news for you. Everything that sells something says it's luxury. Uh, <laughs> calling that a luxury speedboat is not by any understanding of what a speedboat would be to be luxury. And so someone was said to him, um, "Hey, uh, this is just a basic boat." And his response was, "Oh, it's it's not basic to own a boat." Now, that's not what he said at all, as you, of course, know. No, it's not the normal thing. Of course, in Florida, it's much more common. Um, And if you have $800,000, it's pretty freaking common to have a boat that size or maybe bigger, um, I would assume. Uh, But here we are as as people who are supposed to be trying to get honest news from these guys. And, like, look, that is not a luxury speedboat. It's a... a, uh, It gets the job done. Yeah, you know, nice you get a nice get out of the water. He said it was one out. of his dreams. He yeah. pulled the put trigger on a, on a nice, you know, like people. Some people do cars. Some people, uh, you know, Jeffy, you, you you purchased that Twinkie you always wanted. Uh, you know, everyone <laughs> has a, some. I got a, I got a case. <laughs> you got a whole got case? A case. Wow. But I noticed you just gloss over the uh, highway violations. I did. Okay, the driving violations. What do you got? We got one those. minute. What do you got? Okay. Uh, from 1997 up mm-hmm. to 2011, he and his wife had a combined 17 citations. Wait, 97 to 2011? 17 citations. Okay. <laughs> That's in 14 years. Okay, so about one, I've, one. Had, I've had 12 <laughs> in okay. three years. I guess I can't run for president ever. Uh, wait a minute. So, wait, I like that. 17 in, in how many years was Well, it? since at least 2011. So, yeah, basically one per year for the couple, not one yeah, per year each. That's correct. It's Big one deal. every other and, year. And listen, listen, don't. I know she just glossed over that they were they were all paid for except one. Uh, he was facing suspension after a traffic camera caught him failing to stop at a red light, but he paid the fee and it was fine. Oh, oh wow! wow. But it, was, he was, it was up for suspension. By the oh, way, you boy. can buy his luxury speedboat today for eleven thousand six hundred and eighteen dollars. <laughs> That's the boat joke.